day on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. God, by the Holy Spirit, deemed it fit to have the Apostle Paul record for all of the generations the names of these guys. Why, to shame them? No. I think it's because of this. We all have a Demas who's deserted us, abandoned us, at a time of our greatest need. And we've all had an Alexander that has hurt us deeply. The Bible is not just any book. It's life experiences of others who walk before you. They're showing you how to handle life and overcome situations. Today, Pastor J.D. reminds you that there are people with good and bad characteristics in the Bible. It's up to you as to which type of person you will become. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Titus chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. You know, when a body is unhealthy, there are cells in the body that are actually attacking the other cells in the body. You actually have a word for it. You know what it is? (laughs) Wait for it. Cancer. Yeah. Well, here's another illustration. I'm full of illustrations today, I guess, but (laughs) this is my favorite one. You know how it is when, well, I'll just use the hammering a nail and you hit your thumb? Well, I guess you can finish the, the rest of this, but the whole body hurts. And especially if you have a low tolerance for pain like I do. I get a hangnail. I'm, I'm praying in my prayer language. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord. It's a hangnail. My whole body rushes. That's just outwardly, internally, everything in my body is going, emergency, emergency, urgent. Thumb got bashed by stupid idiot who hammered it with a nail, with a hammer. And what does my other hand do? It goes, oh, I, I'm loving on it, kissing on it. I'm actually talking to it. Oh, it's okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I shouldn't use a hammer. I'm so sorry. Can you imagine you bash your thumb with a hammer and your other hand goes, you had it coming. That's what you get. What? We need a Tychicus when we get hurt. And we're going to see that here too in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 12. This is really interesting. We're told that Paul sent Tychicus to Ephesus and wanted Timothy to do his best to come to him. That's where Timothy was. And he wanted him to come quickly. And here's why. He says that Demas has just deserted him and Alexander the metal worker has harmed him. Timothy, I need you. Yeah, but you're the Apostle Paul. You don't need anybody. No, I need, I need my Timothy. 
I need, I'll send Tychicus. I just need a brother right now. I've been deeply hurt. I've been betrayed. I've been deserted. I've been harmed. I've been hurt. Timothy, I need you. I need you, man. And can you imagine, Timothy? I'll be right there, Paul. And just being there, by the way, just your presence there. I know I've been on both sides of mourning. I've been the one who has mourned. And you have those friends that are there for you. And just being there, they don't even have to say anything. Just the fact that they're there, they're present there. That was a Tychicus. That's a faithful encourager that drops everything and is just there for you. I've also been on the other side of that. You know, we mourn with those who mourn, we rejoice with those who rejoice. And when you are privileged to just be there for somebody who is really grieving, really hurting, you don't have to say anything. In fact, we could learn a thing or two from Job's friends, right? <laughs> what I find is very interesting is, and we went through the book of Job, what a trial just studying through the book of Job was. But there was that point where they get there, and you know, I could just imagine, and this really happened. I mean, this was pretty graphic. But I mean, he's, you know, the boils are itching him, and he's scraping them with broken pieces of clay, and sitting on this, you know, uh, junk heap, this dust heap, and and here come the friends. And can you imagine that seeing their friend like that? And they were speechless. And they did so good, because they didn't say one word. They just sat there with him, just being there. <laughs> then they opened their mouths. And you got chapter after chapter as they just go on. And you know what's really interesting about that and Job's friends? They falsely accused him, pointing the finger of blame at him. What he needed more than anything at that time was not a police pointing the finger. There must be some deep sin in your life. No, I needed a paramedic. It's been said, it's in the context of the marriage relationship, but sometimes husbands, our wives don't need our mouths, they need our shoulders. <laughs> I'll speak for myself on that one. Because <laughs> i got a mouth, man, I'll tell you. And, and by nature, and this is okay, it's the way God wired us, but you know, men are like, get in and let, let's fix this thing. It doesn't work that way. I learned that the hard way, got the scars to prove it. What's wrong, honey? Because we're all about fixing it. You can't fix this. Will you just stop talking? Stop talking. That's the first thing you can do. I want to help. You want to help me? Stop talking. That'll help me. Just be here. Just listen. And then, it, 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 I didn't mean to go this far into this, but maybe this is for somebody here. Of course it's not for me. I have a perfect marriage. I'm the pastor. <laughs> Is there a lightning bolt coming anywhere? So you're just there for them, and just listen. 
Let them talk. Don't interrupt them. And really listen. Don't think about what you're going to say next. You know how we do that? You're in a conversation with somebody. And you're not, you're not, you're listening, but you're not really listening to what they're saying. And so you're very good at inserting the hmm and the, is that right, in the right spot. And then they say something that is <laughs> met with a hmm or a, is that right? And then they catch you busted. You weren't really listening, were you? No. Why weren't you listening? Because you were actually thinking about what you were going to say, because what you had to say is more important than what they were saying. That's why you weren't listening to them in the first place. Don't look at me like that again. (laughs) Right? We do that. Just be there. Just be there for them. Just your presence there. And here's another thing, one last thing. I haven't used one last thing, right? Right? Yeah? Okay. Well, this is one of the one last things. They know the scriptures that you're just dying to quote them. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, we're so smug in our spiritual piety. Well, you know, God works all things together for the good to them that love Him and are called according to His purpose. Don't quote that verse. First, they already know that verse. Probably better than you. But that's like pouring salt on a wound. What they need is, look, I don't know what God's doing here, but God's doing something here. And I just want you to know, I'm going to be there for you no matter what happens. And I don't care what it is. You can call me any time, day or night, and I will come. I don't care what time it is. And I will be there for you, and I will do whatever I can to walk with you through this. That's a Tychicus. That's loyalty. That's loyalty. Ah, it's a whole nother topic for another time. There's no loyalty anymore. I tell you, in my, my culture in the Middle East as an Arab, In fact, well, let's see if I can give you the short version of this. So in the Arab culture, uh, back in the day, if I can say it that way, they were a nomadic uh, people. And they would travel great distances and go long periods of time, uh, oftentimes without food or even water for that matter. So when they were in and as nomads traveling these great distances and they would come upon a tent and you would invite them into that tent and give them water to drink and food to eat, watch this, you're loyal till death and will go to your death because of that. That's a cultural dynamic in the Middle East. Because in effect, they saved your life, so it's life for life. They saved your life, you will save their life if that situation ever presents itself. That's called loyalty. That's called loyalty. And again, the Apostle Paul with this Demas guy, and his, how would you, oh, 
for well nigh 2,000 years, all of God's people, like us today, all of these generations later, have read by name Demas and Alexander. God, by the Holy Spirit, deemed it fit to have the Apostle Paul record for all of the generations the names of these guys. Why, to shame them? No. I think it's because of this. We all have a Demas who has deserted us, abandoned us, at a time of our greatest need. And we've all had an Alexander that has hurt us deeply, but God. And I think that's why we have their names here. They are offset, for lack of a better way of saying it, by the Artemis and the Tychicus. Well, this brings us to our second one of verse 13, and it's gifted advisors. So here, Paul tells Titus to do everything he can to help this guy by the name of Zenos, and we're told what his occupation is. He was an attorney. So for all you attorneys online, we love you so much, and bless you. But actually this is not an attorney like you. Hang on for just a second. So you got Zenos and Apollos. And Paul says to Titus, I don't care what it is or what it takes, but whatever they need, you take care of it. These guys mean that much to me. Now, what's up with this Zenus guy? What is, he was an attorney? No. Was he a trial lawyer? No. He was an expert in the law of Moses. Oh, And Apollos, well we know about Apollos. He was a very gifted scholar, a very gifted teacher. In fact, he was such a good orator that there was a problem, a conflict that had arisen in the Corinthian church. And Paul addresses it in his first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 3. I think it's chapter 3. And he rebukes them for saying, hey, I'm of Apollos. He's a much better orator than Paul. When Paul talks, it's like he's got a mouth full of gravel. It's hard to even understand what he says. Accent added. <laughs> so we're of Apollos. And then here's, you got, you got these other guys over here, and there's this division taking place. And, and they're like, well, we're of Paul. And Paul's like, stop it. I know Apollos is a gifted teacher. I know he's a very gifted orator. I know he keeps your attention. When he's speaking or filling in that day, you all show up. You hear, I'm coming to town, you run away. <laughs> you don't come. Paul's coming, uh-oh. Hey, who's, who's speaking today? Apollos. Oh, wow, cool. And that's what was happening there in Corinth. And Paul addresses it. And he rebukes them for it. I only mention that because it gives us a glimpse into who these men were. These were very gifted men. I would even argue, this is just a suggestion that I would make, humbly make, 
is that they were also very intelligent men. And the reason I highlight that is because I don't know what it is. It's almost like when you are a Christian, you're supposed to be anti-intellectual. No way. God is the God of the intellect. God gives us that intellect. These were intellectuals. These were guys that were very gifted, very smart. So if Paul had a question, get Zenos on the phone. Send him a text <laughs> or an email. I'm trying to bring it into, you know, modern day. Uh, he's the expert. God's gifted him. And Apollos too. <laughs> Make no mistake about it. This guy knew his stuff. He might have been a great orator. Doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be a gifted scholar. But this guy was a scholar, man. This guy knew the Word. And think about this. It's not like Paul didn't. Are you kidding me? It is believed by some Bible commentators that the Apostle Paul had a very high intellect. If he is the one, and it's immaterial, it's irrelevant, if we needed to know who wrote the book of Hebrews, God would have told us who wrote the book of Hebrews. But if the in fact, now that I think of it, some have even suggested that the book of Hebrews is so doctrinally meaty and mighty that it would have had to have been either Apollos or Paul who wrote it, just the way it's written. Certainly it's inspired, but still God uses the God-given intellect that He's gifted a man with and he uses it. You know, there's a kind of this uh, notion, I guess for lack of a better word, that when you come to Christ you have to assassinate your intellect. You know, because the, the two are not, you know, compatible, if you will. You know, because when you come to Christ you just, you know, <laughs> And it's a, you'll, you'll hear it, sorry for that, uh, what is that, Roadrunner? That's bad, I had a flashback there. You'll, you'll find something like that, you'll, you'll find that notion coupled with something like this. Oh, that's a blind faith. Blind faith? No it's not. It's not a blind faith, it's an intelligent faith. It's an intellectual faith. It's a God-given intellect. And you go throughout Scripture, and time and time again you'll see that recorded in the pages of Holy Writ. I just had another flashback, if you don't mind. You know in school when your teacher would say, put your thinking caps on. They, would, they stopped saying that to me. They just gave up. It's kind of like, I don't have a thinking cap. <laughs> In other words, put your intellectual, God-given intellect on. Because see, God's given us the ability to think, to reason, to reason through. This faith is an intellectual faith. It's a reasonable faith. Come, let us reason together. So for Paul to mention them here to me, 
is an indication of their profound intellect, their God-given intellect, their gifts God-given, their talents, and they were of invaluable help to the Apostle Paul. You know, throughout the Proverbs, we studied through the book of Proverbs. That was such a great study, as was the Psalms, as was all the books. But throughout the Proverbs, time and time again, the wisdom is that with many advisors, many counselors, plans will succeed. The multitude of counsel, godly counsel, but with too few, they will fail. Again, one last thing on this, we'll move on. Not quite, but we'll get there. (laughs) You know, it takes humility, right, to admit, hey, I need some advice. You do? Oh, (laughs) this is the Apostle Paul we're talking about again, right? Paul, come on, you you know everything. No, I, I need some counsel here. I need some godly counsel. I need a gifted advisor that can kind of walk through this with me. Oh, I thank God for those men in my life that God has brought into my life that have had godly counsel. I mean, I think of Ahithophel, although it ended badly with him and David, but it said of Ahithophel, the most trusted and gifted advisor to King David, that when he spoke it was as the oracles of God. And God will do that. Oftentimes He will speak through that gifted advisor, and it will be a word exactly and fitly spoken for exactly what you needed to hear. And God will speak through that brother, that sister, that advisor. But it takes humility to ask, hey, you know, I don't have all the answers. This one's got me a little bit stumped. This is a head-scratcher. You know, I'm, of course, praying and asking God, you know, God's going to reveal to you His will. Never think for a second that God doesn't want you in His will more than even you yourself want to be in His will. And isn't it true that one of the things that we want more than anything is to know God's will? And God is not up in heaven playing this heavenly chess game with it. Can you imagine? Wow, JD's almost figured it out. Quick, get down there. Change the board. <laughs> you almost figure this thing out. You almost figured out my, what my will is. No, it's more like this. <laughs> hey, this this guy is having a hard time. Send some. We, he needs an Apollos. <laughs> he needs a Zenus. And then they come alongside. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from Titus with Pastor J.D., approach each piece of wisdom prayerfully and ask God to show you how you can apply what you learn to your own life. He can and does teach you through His Word, so keep reading, even on your own. If you're not already part of a local church that you can call home, we encourage you to find and begin regularly attending one in your area. And if you're in or near the Kaneohe area, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also find more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates and the ABCs of salvation. 
This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Titus together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know how we can be doing that for you? Just fill out the contact form that you'll find under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com. Or come find us on social media. There's a link to our Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe and in spirit and truth. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth, verse-by-verse study of Titus, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Holding me true